Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the I Can Do podcast with Benjamin Lee. We're here to talk about tips and strategies to have an I Can Do mindset. Life is what you put into it. Get the most you can. Here's your host, Benjamin Lee. Hello and welcome to a new episode of I Can Do. I am Benjamin Lee. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today we have a very special episode. I have a guest on the show today. Her name is Eva Latcham. She is a certified health coach, personal trainer, and a run coach, and a certified pharmacy technician for the past 27 years. She has a passion for being alongside others and helping them achieve their health goals. Here's what she says about herself. My passion for health began when I was 34 years old. I had a major health scare, which made me make some lifestyle changes. These lifestyle changes have had many health benefits over the last 10 years. Once I gained resources to help my health and change my lifestyle, it made me want to help others in the same way. In today's world, many individuals want to make a lifestyle change, but do not know where to begin or have information, but do not know where to start. As a certified health coach, I help individuals gain the tools needed to make those lifestyle changes and help individuals achieve their goals. Eva is a great person. My wife and I, my family has known her and her family for a number of years, and we are really blessed to know them and to be brothers and sisters in Christ and to call them our friends. Thank you, Eva, for being on the show. And for those who are listening, thank you for taking time. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Here we go. Eva, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I am really excited to have you here on the I Can Do podcast. We were talking uh, for about 10 minutes before we have officially got started. So I'm really happy that you are here. Uh, Eva and I, we go back uh, a number of years with your family and my family, uh, worshiping in uh, Southeast Texas uh, at the same congregation. So it's been great to be able to uh, to reconnect with you. I'm trying to think, I think it was you and Nikki that really got connected first when you guys moved back to Texas. Is that right? That's right. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Well, um, I, I really want to talk to you today and really get your expertise when it comes to health, uh, nutrition, fitness goals. There's just a lot of things that during this time of year people are, are thinking about where it's, I think it's a great time to really reevaluate where we are physically and, and health-wise. So uh, we have a number of questions. I have a number of questions for you that I like to dive into. I want to first if you can share with our listeners here, um, you've been a part of this health and nutrition and fitness uh, expertise for a long period of time. Tell us, how did you get started on this path? It started about 10 years ago, and I know everybody has a story, and I really like hearing each individual story. Mine started 10 years ago. I was about to be 35 and in a few weeks, so I was still 34. I went in for my yearly exam. And during it, they said I had high blood pressure. Well, I was 34 and it didn't sound right, but the doctor just kind of dismissed me and um, said he was going to call in a prescription to the pharmacy and for me to take it and then follow up in 30 days. And that was it. I left with a prescription being called in, no direction or what should I do? And I was shocked, stunned, uh, very confused. I left and went home and was beside myself. The next morning I got up and was getting ready for work and I heard on the local um, uh, news station 
a lady speaking about her new book that was about to come out. And it was called The Lean by Kathy Preston. Mm-hmm. And the stuff she said was really interesting. She just said, lean into habits. Don't go trying to change everything. Just lean into them. And it really caught my attention. I was not a book reader. I hated reading books or anything. And so I ordered the book. It was going to come in in about two weeks. There, I don't think there was Amazon Prime back then. Yeah. And so I had to wait. While I was waiting, I thought, well, what can I do now to fix or at least help the situation? The only thing I knew at the time was walking was good for your heart. So I went to Walmart. I bought a walking DVD and started walking. And then I thought, well, what else can I do while I'm walking in the house and our daughter's doing homework and doing other things? And at the time, I was drinking two to three sodas a day. And I thought, well, I can just cut back to one soda a day. That sounded easy to me and doable. I wanted something I could stick with. So I did that. The book came in and I read it very fast and realized there were some more changes I could make, but just go really slow at it. And after six weeks, my blood pressure issue was gone. I had, I've never had another issue with blood pressure since then. That got me hooked. I knew there was something to that and I needed to figure out what was going on. So I started reading everything and anything I could on health, fitness, body, diseases, cancer, you name it, I was reading about it. I don't read anything else but those topics. And mm. it was fascinating, absolutely yeah. fascinating to me. So was your blood pressure like dangerously high or, you know, was it uh, five points or 10 points if you remember? Um And the other thing too, you know, sometimes when people get this kind of news, and this is why I think your story is so powerful, it can be very easy just to say, it's easier to take a pill. It's easier just to take a pill, not read any books, not say, okay, I have to make some kind of change. Um, Did you have any tension with that when you first got started? Or was it like, there's no way I'm just taking a pill? What was it that really got you moving? Was it because it was so high or just something else with the idea of taking medication? That is a great question. And I think each individual is going to be different. Some people could hear that news and take a pill and be okay. Something inside me just was not sitting right. It just, I was 34, about to be 35. And inside my gut, it just, it was just making me sick thinking about being on it for the next 60 years, Lord willing, that just did not sit right with me. And that's what spurred me to thinking. And when I heard the lady talking, I always listen to it every morning, but what she was saying caught my attention. We're actually stopped getting ready and go and listen to what she was saying and then ordered the book, which was not like me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, it was life-changing for me. And I yeah. think some people are okay with taking a pill, but for me it, at that time, it was not, it was not setting right. Well, and I think this is an important story too, because you know, there are other options where I like to call it like the third option, right? Where it's not just, okay, well, I have to stay in this state of having high blood pressure for the rest of my life, or I have to be on this pill for the next 60 years. The third option is what you're talking about that, Hey, there's actually some things that are still in my control that can at least put me in a better position. You know what I mean? Where I can, you know, still potentially find something or another option instead of just doing like this either or. And I think that's where people get stuck, where they just say, well, it's either this or it's that. But what you're saying is, no, there's actually a third option if you're willing to make make some changes. Exactly. And I'm all, I mean, I was a pharmacy technician for 23 years. So I'm for medicine uh, and I'm also for natural and holistic as well. There, there's a, we need both of them and it's okay to have both of them in our lives but it's what really resonates with you at the time and you've got to listen to your body it knows the best things for you yeah absolutely so you made these big changes when you were 34 35 years old let's talk about the last couple of years so these last two years have been tough on a lot of people uh, covid is not going anywhere 2020 nikki and i my wife we talk a lot about 2020 it was just an interesting year and i don't know if you felt the same where everything slowed down. I can remember we went on a walk outside in our neighborhood and I I joke about it, but I say, you know, typically when I would go on a walk or a run, I would see people's dogs and things like that. But this one time we went outside for a walk, everyone was outside. So it was like, I got to see the owners, you know, of those pets, which you don't often see, but just hanging out in the backyard, you could see this family time, people exercising, people walking more, 
these last two years have been tough for a lot of people. Um, some people you see on social media made some changes during the quarantine. How have you been motivated these last two years where, and how much of an impact did that have on you with the quarantine and all these changes? What's been your secret or your motivation these last two years to keep going and staying focused on your health? I think motivation and, and willpower, they're fleeting and they ebb and flow in our lives. And we've got to be careful using those um, mm -hmm. as our number one um, a tool in our little toolbox. Um, so I don't use, I, I don't really rely on that. What I did was the more I've learned and the more I've had other health conditions in the last 10 years that I've experienced and trying to take care of that as natural as possible has really helped me realize just how important a healthy lifestyle is. And when you know that there's really no end destination, it's just a journey and we're going to fall back and we're going to, you know, have obstacles, but if you just keep moving forward, then you're, you're doing the right thing. So I think even during the quarantine, um, people really realized then that they need to take their health serious, that it's an investment, just like everything else in our lives. And it really showed us how valuable having health is. And I think it just brought more attention to it. And it, it seems a lot easier to me now to coach people um, since the quarantine. Mm. And so you said something really powerful that made me think of a book. There's a book, I think the author's name is uh, Benjamin Hardy, if I'm remembering correctly, but it's called Willpower Doesn't Work. So when you made that statement of, you know, motivation and willpower don't, you know, they'll only take you so far. That's so true. And I think that's such a big point for us to really think about. How does a person get beyond like, you know, like New Year's, for example, when I worked at a Go's gym in Central Illinois in college and right after college, I would get bonuses for people that signed up for a gym membership. I knew every year those people who signed up in January would typically not be showing up in February and in March. Every year it happened just like that. So how do we find a way or what tips or advice when you're coaching do you share with people when the motivation begins to decrease? Because it typically always will. I say accountability. I think you need a coach or um, a good friend, somebody who's really is supportive of you, not going to be negative and, um, you know, bring you down a, a friend, a family member, but have somebody, a spouse that is right there by you, um, helping you and keeping you accountable for what you're doing. And even if you, cancel that membership in February or March doesn't mean that you failed. It just means maybe it wasn't right time for you at that time. So again, we have to see what's going on in our lives and see what resonates us with at that time. It's not always a all or none or a, a win or a fail. It's just what is right for us at that time. What do you see as a big roadblock for people getting started? Is it the Maybe we can call it the motivation myth that all you need is just this motivation. Is it fear of, well, if I have to be accountable, that means people are going to know that I'm making mistakes. What do you see typically, in, you know, whether it's clients or family or just people in general, that can often be like that roadblock of taking those first steps? That's a great question as well, because um, we all have them, but mm -hmm. we deal with them in different ways. And, and often when I say to my clients when we, we're starting off is we've got to figure out what those are because we need to be way ahead of that. Mm -hmm. um, if you know in two weeks or three weeks, you usually kind of falter a little bit, then we need to be ready for that. And some people don't know where to start. There's so much information out there. You turn the TV on or social media and you see fake looking people that have been photoshopped or edited or filters all over them. And you think that's perfection. And, and it kind of makes you want to just give up. Why even try if I'm not going to look like that? And I think just understanding that that's, that's advertisement. That's not, you know, that's, and it's kind of like with the myths as well as diets. There's, you know, over a hundred diets. Well, what's going to work for you and how can we get you started and staying on that path? Um, I also tell my clients, I'm in the passenger seat. I have my feet up on the dashboard and I'm just hanging out with a map. They're <laughs> in the driver's seat. Mm. I'm just letting them know where we're going. And if they want to take a detour and go eat a box of Oreos, I still have the map in my hand. We can do that, but then we've got to get back on course. 
So mm -hmm. I think just trying to figure out um, what your actual roadblock is. For me personally, mine was I had a fear of not being safe. So it was a very deep limiting belief that I had mm -hmm. um, because of past trauma in my life. And I think we have to explore that as well. If I wasn't with my husband, then I felt like I was vulnerable and that somebody might take advantage of me. So how, and so being a little bit heavier made me feel safe and like nobody would see me. And that, I mean, that was a really deep one. So I had to work through those uh, limiting beliefs that I had to realize that, I, yes, I'm fine, I'm safe, and I'm going to be okay. So it's, it can get really deep when we're working with clients. Yeah. Well, no, thank you for sharing that. I think that's so important. And I, I think I think you're exactly right. Um, typically, the weight or the scale or however we measure it, they're typically, you know, that typically can be like a symptom, there could be a, a deeper underlying issue. And what you're saying is really addressing those things, which can be hard, which means that you're going to have to really put some work into it. Um, can go a long way. So I think that's such a powerful point. And I really appreciate you sharing that. Because um, I think there's a lot of people out there who probably can relate to that. And, you know, getting, you know, getting the necessary um, wisdom and, and um, assistance with that will go a long way. Um, for you, if I can, did that take a long time for you to, to, to work through that without going into too many details or, um, or and how long was that process for you when you started at 34 and 35 with the blood pressure? I know you just kept moving forward. Uh, how long was that process? To, to, to realize that I had limiting beliefs as far as um, not being like hurt by other people. Yeah. It took, I'd say, um, a year of really aggressively working on it. For some, I've worked with other clients where it's a lot less and some who are a little bit longer. But it just depends on how deep that limiting belief is in you. Uh, something that really helped me while I was working through it is to take a women's self-defense class. And I took it in, I think it was Richland Hills or North Richland Hills at um, Texas Storm Kenpo. Yeah. And he was amazing. He was an older man and he, his wife was there. So I didn't, again, because I had an issue with men. So his wife was there and his daughter was there. And it was a really good way to um, learn some skills and just build that confidence back up in me of, I, yes, I'm going to be fine. And, and I have these tips and suggestions if something happens and I actually have moves to defend myself if I needed to. And that really just changed it, everything for me. Oh, that's so good. Uh, and I think the big takeaway there is that this is a, this is a long process, wherever people may be. What you mentioned about social media and how there are so many fake photos and how we often want, we want everything to be normal or we want to look a certain way uh, or our, you know, cholesterol levels or blood pressure, all these things we want to be normal, but it's a process and it takes time. And it's not just about uh, a 90 day, you know, fitness challenge. Those are good. You can make a lot of changes in those 90 days, but that's really just like the starting point, you know, where, how do we keep it going? Cause the biggest challenge for a lot of people is not necessarily losing the weight, but keeping the weight off. And Correct. Yeah, that's, that's exactly and let's talk about that for a little bit, because this goes into my next question with what you mentioned. You mentioned uh, limiting beliefs. Um, I think sometimes, I know I've seen it in myself, where we can sabotage ourselves. And what I mean by that is, you know, we're making great progress, or maybe with these limiting beliefs, we just never get started. So what are some tips or advice that you've shared or that you can share I guess for us to kind of get out of our own way, so to speak, uh, because I think many times the challenge isn't with, you know, social media, maybe it is and other people, but many times the person that's holding us back is the person in the mirror. What are Absolutely. some some tips or wisdom to help someone who's listening? How do we get out of our own way so that we can actually, you know, enjoy this health or enjoy the lives that we do have? I think to be patient and kind and gentle and understanding with yourself. We are our worst critics. Mm -hmm. We are so mean to ourselves, especially, I'm sure men are the same way, but yep. women, we are very emotional beings. And the things that we play in our heads that will never happen or um, is not real is really unfortunate. And we've got to control those thoughts. I mean, it says, I think in first Peter, the hold every captive uh, thought captive and 
It's really true. It says that for a reason. We've got to be careful with what we're telling ourselves um, on repeat every day. You get on the scale and you let that show you what your worth is. That's unfortunate. Um, there's just different things that we do that actually, I mean, just really mess up the process. So if we can get out of our way or, or have some support, I'd say really some understanding, non-judgment support. And I think that's where a coach can come in. We're not judgmental. We're here. We have information and knowledge and we want to help you. Yeah. And a lot of doctors are really excited when they hear you're working with a health coach because they know they don't have time these days to give you the attention they need. So 30 years ago, they could sit in the room with you for 30 minutes. Well, now it's five or 10 minutes and you're on your way. You're like being herded like cattle. So working with a coach can really benefit you to work through those issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Taking every cap thought, uh, captive. Uh, I believe that's First uh, Corinthians 10. Oh, my bad. Uh, and now it's all good where Paul was saying that. But it, it's so true where uh, I can remember uh, reading something about uh, Michael Phelps, you know, when he was winning all of his Olympic gold medals. And when he would get ready for practice, his coach would tell him, put in the put in the tape. And so putting in the tape was this tape or this uh, mental image of him being successful and winning and, you know, just seeing himself swim and seeing himself coming first. So what you said there about what do we have playing on repeat? <laughs> I think it's so good. And it's not just a challenge for women. It is for men as well. My audience on the podcast right now is probably about 80% women. So I think this will resonate really well. But yeah, getting the things, the, uh, the thoughts or the videos and, and what we're saying on repeat, why is it so hard? Why do we have such a challenge? What do you think? Why do we have such a challenge when it comes to how we view ourselves and how we talk even to ourselves? That's an excellent question. I think it's what we're putting in and what mm. we've been, I mean, even what we've grown up around, but what we're putting in is affecting us. If we're watching bad stuff, if we're listening to bad stuff, that's going to have an impact on us. So I think we just have to be really careful of what we're, and people, you know, there's toxic people as, you know, as well. So we have to be careful of what toxicity we're allowing in our lives and, and be mindful of that because it's, whether you believe it or not, it's going to, it's going to impact your life. It is in all areas of your life. Yeah. What you say to yourself is, I mean, it, it really has an effect on the body. There's so much research out there that says that. So the mind is uh, it's just very powerful of what it can do. Do you think people um, kind of downplay that kind of uh, advice where, I, uh, to me, I, I think people do sometimes where when people hear you or me or other people talking about how we talk to ourselves or how we think, I think a lot of people say, no, I'm not really buying that. But have you seen that? Do you see people... Make, being able to make those changes mentally in that mindset, mindset and that self-talk. I have, and I agree. I think people, sometimes when people, you tell them that they think it's a bunch of woo-woo and yep. like weird stuff and that yeah. you have lost your mind. Yeah, It's true. I've done research on it. That's all I do for the last 10 years. So I know it is true and I've seen it in my life and in a lot of my clients' lives. And I think the, just showing them baby steps that um, how it can really affect them and what are they thinking and and there because we get into some really um, personal conversations and a lot of them will text me and say this is too much information I'm like there is no such thing as too much information <laughs> that gives me all the pieces I need to make to help you I'm, I have the map I need to know those yeah. you know those thoughts and stuff yeah. so I think having them knowing that they're working and they have some support that's non-judgmental will help them get through those issues that they have. Mm -hmm. uh, let's talk a little bit about the map. Um, what are your thoughts with the scale? So in, in my book, Life Beyond the Scale, there is a sister in Christ. Uh, she had shared with me and I put it in the book, how she had mentioned she's a scaleaholic where, you know, she's constantly on the scale. How do you coach people with their relationship with the number on the scale? I use the scale. At first, I love, I've been listening to your Beyond the Scale. It, it's, it's, a, it's really, I really like it a lot. It's great. And I agree that 
First, we have to figure out if you have an issue with the scale. If you are a scaleaholic, then we've got to work on that because you're putting too much work into that tool. It's just a tool, just like the dishwasher in the kitchen. If it didn't work, you wouldn't think you were worthless and no good and fat and horrible. So the scale is the same thing, just like measuring yourself, energy levels, your mood, I mean, cravings. There's so many tools that we have to figure out what's going on inside you. The scale is just one of them. But if you cannot detach that emotion and yourself work from that scale, then we cannot use it <laughs> because it's just a tool. Yeah. So putting it in its proper perspective, it's not, we don't have to throw everything away per se. And my mind has changed on that too, where in my book, I did talk about throwing away my scales, but there is value with it. There is a book I have, um, I think it's called the every other day diet. And it was, it's basically, you know, um, calorie manipulation where, you know, you can increase your calories, decrease them. And they actually advocate get it on the scale on a regular basis. So we don't have to necessarily say, well, I can never get on it again. But I think what you're saying is so true. Understanding that relationship, maybe there is some room to hit the pause button occasionally and measure from measure your success or progress uh, in a different way. Well, and I also use it I when I work with, if it's for weight loss with my yeah. clients, they weigh twice a week on Wednesdays yeah. and Saturdays. So why I do that is to show them that there is so much change that can happen. Mm. And so it's not a self-worth thing. It's a, <clears throat> can you see how inflammation, what you ate made, you didn't gain three pounds of true fat in two days. There's no way. So it's more of a helping them realize it's just a tool because as women, we've really, uh, we really like that scale a lot. And it really determines if we're gonna have a great day or a bad day. So doing it this way shows them Wow. And what I'll do is if they are up on a Wednesday, I'll say, hey, won't you just weigh on Thursday? And then they'll be back down. They're like, oh, my goodness, I didn't I didn't realize. I thought I really get. No, it's it's just a it's just a tool. Yeah. So if you ate something that's not agreeing with your system, if you're you know, that's going to if you're not having bowel movements every day, that's going to really dictate what that scale says. So it's just it's just information, just mm. information. No, I love that. I think that's a great way to do it where the Wednesday and Saturday, it's a, it's a way to teach them along the journey where exactly. they can see exactly how it works. No, that's fantastic. Let's talk a little bit about food. I love to eat. Uh, this is one of the questions that I wanted to, to, to get some thoughts from you. Um, what are some challenges? Uh, and I know a lot of the challenges and I think our audience does too, but what are you seeing as some of the challenges with the relationship that people have with food. This was something, and I, I printed this out here, some, some thoughts when I posted on Facebook that I was going to have you um, and I have someone else coming on next week, Lord One as well, where, for example, um, Harris wrote this. He said, I like healthy food. I also like simple carbs and sugar. I struggle to find balance, especially when also trying to make stuff that three toddlers will eat. So almost all of these things here is, is, is about food, right? Kimberly says, um, I'm a carbohydrate, carbohydrate junkie. I love my pasta and bread. What can I have that will fill that need? So I know there's challenges that people have with their relationship with food. Can you talk a little bit about that? Navigate us. What's on your map or what direction? How do we, you know, are we missing something with the relationship with food? Uh, what are some of your thoughts on that? I, I really, I, I jumped on your Facebook page and saw those and I like those people's yeah. comments. <laughs> yes, because I was going to bring them up as well. And, and when she said she loves pasta and bread, I'm like, so do I. I. We eat lots of brown rice. We eat lots of pasta. It's, it's a, as long as it's a whole grain, not the refined kind, yeah. go for it. I mean, we need that to flush stuff out of our system. Um, and then the man who mentioned his toddlers. I get it. I'm a mom. And when you're cooking and trying to feed and have them eat it as well, so you're not making them something different, it can be challenging, but it's definitely doable. You just got to make small changes. My daughter hates mushrooms, she still does, but she did not know that I was adding mushrooms into our food 90% of the time when she was growing up. There's ways to do things, little tricks and tips. And I don't mind after the show, um, sending you that information so you can pass it on to your people. Because that's what I'm here for. Yeah. And 
the lady who likes pasta and bread, lots of recipes that can add more fruits and vegetables and things to those that you, I mean, that you can balance it out. But I think our relationship with food is, um, it's unfortunate. We, we definitely do not have a healthy relationship with it. Even when we try to be healthy, then most people are eating like a chicken breast and green beans. I, it's, it's really sad. There's, food can be so delicious and so nutritious and, and they miss that mark. So I think really going back and figuring out what will work for you and your family is key. So working with somebody or even bouncing ideas off with a friend can help you like where to start. How, how can I make my food better? And the emotions that we have connected to our food yeah. is dangerous. It's really yeah. dangerous. It is. Yeah, it really is. Well, just hearing you talk about chicken and green beans when I worked at a Gold's Gym in uh, central Illinois in college, you know, that was always the thing that I saw like with bodybuilders, you know, they eat chicken, brown rice, green beans, like the same thing every day. So it is interesting how we can kind of get in these habits and that can work for a long period of time, but it can almost get boring and people like variety. So I'm hearing a couple of things from you. One, you know, really experimenting with the foods and seeing you know, what kind of foods are out there and how can you make things more healthy? And also that it doesn't have to be like an all or nothing kind of mentality. Is that a safe, am I saying that? Absolutely. If you work with me, the word you're going to get tired of hearing is balance. Balance is key. You can go and eat a box of Oreos if you want to. We're just not going to do that every day. And (laughs) consistency is, you know, we've got to make sure that we get back on track and do what we're doing. And also, you're not, when you're working with a coach, you're, well, most coaches, you're not going to eat what they are eating. We mm. see what you're doing in your life. And then we help you tweak those decisions. That's all when somebody, when, I mean, that's what I do with my clients. Right. I, I don't, if they're eating um, a sandwich and it looks like, I mean, it looks pale and sad, then I'm going to say, Hey, let's get some whole grain bread. Let's get some lettuce. Let's get some vegetables on that. Let's doctor that up a little bit there's ways that we can add stuff that just you don't think about because you're used to people saying pretty much, you know, eat this and this is how you're going to lose weight. Mm -hmm. So I think just making it fun and and always stay curious. I just did a post on that, but always stay curious. What is your body telling you? Some days you're going to want lots of fruits. Go for it. Some days you're not. It's fine, but just really listening to your body. Mm. Yeah, and I think I think sometimes just listening to you speak, Eva, um, we can get caught in, um, you know, where we can hear one person and their thoughts or their views or read a particular book, and then we can say, okay, well, this is the only way to do it. And I, I really like what you're saying here because there's there's multiple ways to do it where I think a big trap is an all or nothing mentality. So somebody, I, else, I think it was um, Suzanne here who had mentioned, um, you know, with food, and being on Weight Watchers, um, uh, she's hit her goal, looks like, but she still has a problem with sugar. Um, is there ever a time where it needs to be an all or nothing? Like maybe a person just has to eliminate sugar completely or caffeine. I want to talk about that. Is there ever a time that you've seen where sometimes you have to say, no, you just have to cut this all the way out? It depends on the person, but absolutely. Um, Sugar is in almost all of our food. It's in ketchup. It's in beans. I mean, you've got to really look. They want you to eat their product. And so fat, sugar, salt, it's going to create um, a craving. It's going to want you to eat it all the time. So the more processed foods you're eating, unfortunately, the more harder it's going to be for you because Mm. they have they're designed in labs. They know, you know, it's called the bliss point. They know what to put in stuff to make you want to come back for more. So even if you're trying your best with your willpower and your motivation, if you're eating those foods, you will not win. It's, it's, you just won't because they've been created to have you come back for more and more. Mm. So we have to understand then the, how the deck can be stacked against us. Number one, it's definitely stacked against us. Yeah. And the bliss point, I love that where these are, it's, it's another marketing ploy of it tastes really good, like soda or donuts or cookies, but there's, but there's still another agenda, so to speak of keep eating more of this. So exactly. they, they need to make their money. 
Yeah. Um, no, that's really interesting. So one thought that came to my mind was how fast then do we actually want to get the results? If exactly, if we want the results faster, then we'll identify these bliss points, these things that we know that maybe can be like a trigger or we can eat the whole thing of Oreos, you know, in one setting and just say, okay, look, that's going to delay me by two or three days or two or three months. So getting to that point of saying, no, I, I can delay this so that I can get this faster. And we have to realize sugar is one of the most inflammatory um, foods or chemical that hits our body. I'm not talking about fruits. So do not misunderstand me. Eat as many fruits as you want and that you're fine. But pure sh- refined sugar, it's such an inflammatory, it creates so much inflammation in our body. It's unreal. I mean, and that's what actually feeds cancer is sugar. So we've got to be careful of how much refined sugar we are consuming. If you're, if we get to a point where you can find a balance with that, that's great. But just like you said, unfortunately, we are consuming so much that we're going to, we might have to just pull the reins on that for a little bit and cut it out um, temporarily till we find our balance. Yeah. You're a coach, um, a certified health coach. Uh, how long have you been a coach now? And I want to shift a little bit and talk a little bit about uh, your faith. You're a Christian. I'm a Christian. Uh, and how does your faith impact the way that you coach, if it does at all, uh, with respect to this map and how you guide your patients or uh, clients? I went, I was deciding if I was going to be a health coach in 2019, and I was really torn by it. If it wasn't for Casey, my husband, I would not be a health coach. The cl- the tell, school us, I wanted tell us to- why. Tell us why. <laughs> the, cl- <laughs> the, co- the school I wanted to go to was thousands of dollars, and it was a year-long program. And that was a big decision, and I knew I did not want to be a health coach for profit. So to, to spend that kind of money and spend that kind of time uh, was a huge decision, and I did not want to do it because it was just I felt like it's a, too much money and especially if I'm not going to get anything at the end of it. And it was Casey that said, no, you, you have a passion for this. This is all you study. This is read. You've, you've helped already. You're already helping people. You, you need the certificate behind it. So you can actually do this um, as a licensed uh, profession. And so oh, I was so scared. It was thousands of dollars. I mean, you could buy a car with how much I spent on it. And so <laughs> oh, wow. he said, you got to do it. And so I did. And <laughs> I thank him a lot. And he, yes. I keep everything confidential. I use HIPAA laws like a doctor does. So I cannot discuss anything with him or anybody else. But I'll say sometimes I'm working with somebody that we're working on this and he's just amazed and he gets to hear everything I'm doing and what I'm reading and researching. And, and that's, he's been the biggest blessing because yeah. if it wasn't for him, I would not be doing this right now. And yeah. this, I make, it makes me so happy. Yeah. And my faith, oh my goodness, my faith is that God has helped me through so many health challenges and opened so many doors for me where I can learn and understand things, where I can help others. And I give him the glory because it's because of him that I can do this as well. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, please tell Casey, thank you for, uh, for pushing you because everything you're sharing here today is fantastic and it's what people need to hear. Um, and I do think, you know, um, I, I often talk a lot about why, like, what's our motivation? And I think you and I are, are on the same page that it's not just about uh, necessarily how we look or whether or not we have a six pack or if we, you know, whatever some of the goals are, not to say that those things aren't necessarily wrong or anything like that. But I often do think about, you know, our why is also connected to the ability to have the health and the strength you know, to, to do kingdom work and to be there for our families. And so I think there's something there as well. And um, that it is more than just about, you know, how the pair of jeans fit uh, or how we look in the shirt or the blouse or something like that. Would you agree with that? I agree. It's the quality of life. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, how let's talk about body image because people do struggle a lot. And one of the questions that I wanted you to touch on um, what do women need to hear more of when it comes to um, body image? 
I think that you're worthy. You're worthy and you're beautiful and just be gentle with yourself. There's so much out there that's going against us that, I mean, it really does mess with us mentally. Um, the scale does, people's comments, even if you know they meant nothing by it, it really messes with you. So just really keeping your guard up as far as what you're allowing in. And then do your own research or reach out to somebody who, who's done it for you and to help you with those body image issues. We all have little things we don't like about ourselves. Everybody does. And this day you can go to a doctor and get it nipped, tucked or whatever, or injected or whatever. But I think just finding that true love for yourself is really important because once you have that, you're unstoppable. Do you work with both, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm leading to something here with, do you work with both men and women in your coaching? I or do. Is it just women? Okay. Yep. Have, men you and found, women. have you found men that, do you see that men struggle as well with body image? I do. Absolutely. Not as much as women, but at, they do. They, they really do. And it takes a lot for them to open up to me to actually get to that point. Mm-hmm. But once they do, it's, it's a game changer because it's, switches something in your brain where we can work and down a different path. But yeah, mm. men absolutely do. Mm-hmm. Mm. They're more driven. It seems like, like you can tell them to do something and they will pretty much do it. We're women. Mm-hmm. We're, we're more skeptical and we, we don't like to be told what to do. And we, and <laughs> we kind of question things. So, which is good. I say question everything. And when you work with me, that's what I say. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to your doctor. Don't listen to the next, whatever's telling you something what's resonating with you, listen to you, and then voice that. And then that'll actually build some really confidence inside of you. And you'll start looking at yourself a little differently. So it's January 8th. A lot of people have set up New Year's resolutions. Where do you stand? Resolutions or no resolutions? Uh, What are you doing? Okay, me personally? Please, please share. Okay, in the past, Casey and I, we've set New Year's resolutions and we've had fun with them. Uh, personally, what we're doing right now, he's my, he's my biggest fan. He's my supporter. He's my encourager. We are best friends. So we do everything together. A few months ago, we started each month, we do something different. And last month, it was an exercise challenge. So he did push-ups every single day of December times 10. So by the end of December, he was doing 300 push-ups a day. Wow. <laughs> and I was doing it. <laughs> Him and a friend were doing it. So he would just be talking to me and he'd just break down and fall on the ground, start doing push ups while we were talking. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was hilarious. But uh, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I, no, I love then, that because uh, couples working out together. And so you mentioned you set up a challenge. Uh, you're setting up challenges each month. Are you guys doing that for January as well? As well, yep. In November, we did something. I'd learned a lot about cancer patients, and I did lots of studying on cancer for about six months. And there was something I wanted to try, but was too scared to try. And Casey was the one that said, let's do it. Because if you are going to work with cancer patients, you need to be able to say, I did it, and this is what to expect. So we did something in November. In December, we did the an exercise challenge. And then this month, we're I've really switched things up. And when I tell him stuff, he's like, okay, let's just do it. I'm like, okay, let's do it. But inside, I'm like, are you crazy? Did you hear what I just said? What we're about to do. So deep down, deep down, you want him to say, no, I don't want to do that. Yes, exactly. Be be the person saying, no, this is way, yeah, you've gone off the edge here. But so each month we're setting little challenges and I'm really enjoying that because it changes things up and you're having fun with it. Just have fun, have fun. So is it better than to, uh, do break things down monthly instead of saying okay for the entire year this is what I'm trying to go after I think that'd be an individual call I don't think there's a right or wrong but for because I've done both I've done new year's resolutions Casey and I both have and we've stuck with them we you know we've done a, like a bible reading for the year and we did that and we've had health uh resolutions as well and we've stuck them out but I mean again I have a partner so having somebody that you can do something with makes it a lot easier and fun Mm, yeah, very cool. No, I love that. I think that's a, a wonderful idea. There's something about short challenges where you can, you know, you can have a start date and an end date. Uh, there's something with that too, with setting goals. You've been very successful throughout the years. You're continuing to be successful. You have a coaching business. Uh, you run. Um, how often or how far? What, what's your running routine look like? I know you do some coaching with running too, as well. Correct. 
I do. I'm a, yes, I'm a run coach, which if you would have said that uh, a few years ago, I would have laughed at you. Because <laughs> uh, our daughter, Jessica, she's been running since she was seven. And, yeah. and it's, it's been so much fun watching her. But when she got older and I kind of had to keep up with her, I was forced to start running. But yeah, I, I do coach people. It depends on their level. I, we need to get nutrition down first um, before anything else. And sometimes exercise will come way later. Exercise is very health. I mean, you need to exercise. You need to get movement in. But I mean, we, first, we've got to get put the cart before the horse. We need to make sure we do it right. But the running program I did in December, it's just one I, I created and just play with and to see because I like doing new challenges so I can see how I can coach other people better. So, you know, just be gentle with yourself. If you are going to start a running program, don't bust out of the gates, you know, running for five minutes, you're going to injure yourself and we don't want injuries. So just start out with like a one minute run and then just walk for three or four minutes and try to do it again and see how you can, you know, better yourself. If anybody has need any advice on that, I can forward that to you as well. Like a little, you yeah. know, like a little run program. If anybody's interested in trying to start running. Yeah. Um, so, but I love it. It's, it's, and for some people, let me just say this. If you're very stressed and a person in general, and you have a lot of stress in your life, then be careful when you're adding more stressors. Running yeah. is a stressor. Uh, it's yes, it's good for you. But if you've got too much stress in your body, we don't want to add more to that fire. So we've got to maybe do some, I, I, somebody I think commented on your thing, a different exercise, um, Tai Chi or um, another one that they mentioned. I forgot what they, uh, I, and anyway, somebody mentioned that I think on one of your comments. And that was a really good exercise that she mentioned because it slows you down and makes you breathe and it forces stress out of your body. So sometimes going hardcore is not the best for that person at the time. Not always. But you know, just temporary. Yeah, doses. Uh, that's something I've I've started doing a lot more walking, um, and one of the big reasons was I, I kind of got I don't know if bored is the right term. Maybe it is with doing the same kind of exercise routine, and because I had someone else on the show and uh, Dr. Uh, Susan Kleiner, who's a, a nutritionist, so we talked about vitamin D and in her book you know, getting natural vitamin D right from the sun. And so that's something that um, has gotten me out, gotten me outside. What my mind is going to, as well as what you just said, is what you said at the beginning of um, this discussion, when you first got started, that book you read and how it just kind of talked about leaning into it. And so that, that that's sticking with me, this idea of just kind of slowly leaning into it, whether you run for a minute and then you walk for a few minutes. Perfect. And you just keep repeating that where you just get stronger and stronger. You mentioned stress. Uh, and this question is really about, it may be for me. I'm being a little bit selfish. <laughs> this is for me, all right? But those who are listening or watching, uh, you can enjoy it as well. So full uh, confession time. I really love caffeine. I drink coffee. I don't like decaffeinated coffee. My view is, what's the point? I also drink five hour energy. Oh so, my goodness. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> so on your Facebook page, you discuss how caffeine is really not energy, but rather stress. And you just got done talking about stress being added to your nervous system and your adrenal glands. So here's my thing. Please coach me. And this can help me and some and somebody else. I think I've been attached to caffeine as a result of being productive. So I don't remember when I first started drinking caffeine, but I know when I was in college, I drank, there was a drink called, um, oh man, what was it called? I can't remember the name of it, but it was at the gym and it was a dollar and I loved, oh, I got it. It was called Razor. So it was a caffeinated drink and I would drink that before I worked out. And I just felt invincible. Then they, somebody else bought that company and I was devastated because it was like one of the best drinks ever. So I got introduced to another drink called Ripped Fuel. I had a ton of caffeine. So by then I was working with Pfizer Pharmaceuticals. I'm driving maybe two or three hours a day. So I'm on the highway a lot. Then I found out about Panera Bread coffee, hazelnut coffee, which is unbelievable. Uh, and then Diet Mountain Dew. I don't remember when I first started drinking five-hour energy, 
So I've had this journey of some caffeine at some point in time. There have been times where I've been with zero caffeine um, or zero five-hour energy for like six months at a time. What am I missing? What's my challenge? And I know I'm putting you on the spot here uh, with this caffeine lifestyle slash maybe addiction or crutch of feeling like, well, being productive. I have things I have to get done. I like how it makes me feel. What am I missing? Um, and, and what might others like myself need to hear with respect to caffeine? I love your story. And thank you for your honesty. It's, 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 it's hard to be honest like that. So I, I really do appreciate that. And it gave me a little chuckle. That was, that was really funny. <laughs> um, especially, ooh, that's a, a Mountain Dew and energy drink. Wow. Yeah. There's a book called The Caffeine Blues. The Caffeine and Blues. Okay. Blues. It's a very good book. So if anybody's listening, you might, it's cheap um, on Amazon. It's I'll put really that in book. the notes. Okay. Okay. And in the book, it talks about how caffeine is like a Trojan horse. So it looks like it's really nice and pretty, like a really good energy gift that it's going to give you, but it's not a gift at all. You are adding fuel to the fire in your body and your adrenals have to process that. Now, for some people, um, if they are not high stressed, if they're not high energetic people and, and they have a pretty easy life and less stress then a cup of coffee in the morning, no big deal. But it's when you start having a cup of coffee in the morning, soda at lunch, then at three, you're really crashing and you need to, you know, pick me up. So you're grabbing caffeine again. If I tell somebody, what do you think about eliminating caffeine? If your first reaction is, oh my goodness, you're crazy. There's no way. Then we have a problem because if you're attached what's, to it. What's the much, problem? Yeah. What's the problem? Problem is that it's, it's your, it is a crutch. You can't, it's like cheese. If you tell somebody, let's, and we might need to, you know, like watch our cheese intake. I, I would, oh my goodness, panic sets in. You, you know, your heart starts racing and you're thinking, how can I not eat something like that? Or how can I not drink coffee? Are you crazy? So that tells us right there that we have a, there's no balance. Yeah. I should be able to say, um, let's just, you know, let's, and again, let's go back to the book, The Lean. We, let's just take one of those caffeine sources out. We don't have to cut it all out. Let's just go slow and see how you feel. And during that time, I would have you track certain things, you know, your mood, cravings, because when you're spiking the system inside, it's causing havoc in there, whether you feel fine on the outside or not. So we need to track some symptoms and see what's going on. Are you jittery? Are you anxious? People who have anxiety, they really need to watch their caffeine intake mm. um, and depression too as well. So we need to just kind of track some, the nervous system and see how you're really responding to it. But I think it has a healthy place. I'm not saying sodas and I'm definitely not saying energy drinks. I'm saying there's too many chemicals in those that are again, are toxic to us. So not only are you getting the caffeine, but you're getting chemicals that you, you don't need. So, you know, if you want to have coffee, then do it, but just really see what your body's saying about that and be careful with it. Oh, that's really good. Um, I'm trying to think what else here. Um, I'm just going to bring up caffeine more thing. As far as sodas, oops. that's a whole different story because you're talking about there's, you know, high corn fructose, corn syrup in those things. And and chemicals in there that are drawn, that are making you come back seeking it. So be careful with sodas. Um, I, I was a soda drinker, drinker most of my life. So I get how you, know, you like the burn, you like the fizzle, you like the sweetness, <laughs> the coldness. I get it. Just be careful with it. You know, if you want to have one, have it, make sure you have it with a, something you're eating. Just don't drink it by itself. Um, give the body some buffer to handle the, the load you're giving it. What was your go-to soda? Ooh, Coca-Cola. And, <laughs> and I'll have to say Big Red, because if you're in Texas, <laughs> Big Red. Oh, my goodness. And yes, I love some Big Red and then Coca-Cola. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, maybe, but no, I just drink water. See, I used to drink, um, I would typically just drink Diet Mountain Dew. Um, I'll have a soda every once in a while, uh, maybe maybe once a month, sometimes, you know, just not at all. So um, just the way that it makes me feel right. But um, I think that's important as well. 
with what you're saying, understanding. Uh, and it's always interesting too, because there have been times where, you know, I went, I don't know, 60 days, maybe a little bit longer or 59. I can't remember exactly with, with no caffeine. And I can remember when I got back on it, I think I was passing Starbucks. And I said, you know, cause I always get the same thing, a tall cafe Americano with two Splendas and like this much cream. And I, this is what I do when I put the order in. And I was like, you know, I wonder how that would taste today. And it got me right back on, like just having that again after not being on it for such a long time. So it is something that I um, I do go back and forth with. I think I struggle with the all or nothing mentality in that area as well, where it's just like, and, well, yeah. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's just like, you know, OK, I just need to just eliminate all of it. But I know that's a that's a pitfall for me, even like with food, because I know the the best that I have felt has been typically where I'm eating clean, healthy, however you want to call it every day of the week. And then Sunday, like Sunday, we talked about relationship with food. You know, Sundays growing up, we would always have a big lunch after worship services. And now that I preach, I'm always exhausted when I get home. So I just want to relax watch TV and eat, right? So having like a day of the week where I can just kind of enjoy whatever I want, that's when I've been at my best. Uh, but I still struggle sometimes going back and forth with, well, maybe it should just be all or nothing, you know, where you just abstain completely from it. Well, I think that's going to be individual because I liked how you you took a break from coffee and you were fine with it. And then, yeah, you started drinking it again, but at least you know you could I mean, I'm sure it felt good mentally that, hey, I, I don't have to have it. I like it. So I think that's a balance. Okay, if I like it and it's not causing major harm to me, then it's okay. Mm -hmm. And I also like what you said on your Sundays that you like, I call them fun foods. So mm -hmm. yeah, have some balance. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Sometimes, depending on what health condition we're treating, it might have to be just for a little bit, like your coffee, none for 60 days or whatever. But have some fun foods and don't call them cheat because, again, we're attaching bad emotions to those. There's no cheating. There's no falling off a wagon. This is just life. And so enjoy it. Have some fun foods. Have a fun meal. Go out and enjoy it. Enjoy your holidays. Just don't make that holiday into four or five days. So just, I mean, it's, it's fine as long as you can find a balance. And if you can't, then that's when it'd be good to talk to somebody or a coach or a friend and, you know, try to, you know, just be curious and see how you can find a little bit more balance to it. But you sound like you have balance. So that's amazing. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. I think I still, um, I, I, I think I still feel like, no, there's, I know I have room to grow. I, I, I have weight to lose. Uh, we talked a little bit about some of my cholesterol numbers uh, before we hit the record button. So um, full disclosure to everybody listening and watching this, I already asked Eva, I need some help. And so I'm going to uh, hopefully uh, get some uh, get some coaching from Eva and uh, have her help me with uh, with her map um, to uh, to make sure that I stay healthy as well. Uh, I want to ask you one last question here. You said at the beginning, you didn't like to read, but then after this health scare, you really started reading more. And so you've mentioned uh, some books, which is fantastic. I'll put those uh, in the link where people can uh, find them. What other uh, resources, book recommendations, you have really immersed yourself in health and coaching over the last decade and longer? What other resources, apps, recommendations would you like to share with the audience? I would think I would love to share. So if your yeah. listeners want to comment to you and I can comment back to you, I can give you tons of resources. Awesome. And if, I, if I list them now, it'll be overwhelming and it might be <laughs> yeah. a roadblock for them. And I don't want a roadblock and I don't want to sabotage them. So they might be on a path and doing really well, but when they listen to something, it might detour them and they might not be able to get back on their path. So right. I, I mean, that's all I read and study and I take master classes and I, I mean, I'm continuing doing, you know, summits and um, online courses. I'm, that's all. And that's all I read and study and research. So I do have a lot of resources and I would be happy to just to pass them on to those people. Awesome. Where can people find you? So you're on Facebook. Where else can people find you? Uh, what's your Facebook page? How can people get in contact with you directly? If they say, no, I have to work with, I have to work with Eva. 
I appreciate that. It, I only have a Facebook page because I'm not all about advertising and screaming at everybody like everybody <laughs> else is. So I'm very basic and I give you my all. So my Facebook page is Health Coaching with Eva Latcham. And you can also look at my personal page. And that's I have that so people can just see who I am and what I'm about and see if I'm a good fit because I might not be a good fit for you. And if I'm not, that's fine. We can, I can pass you on to somebody else like you or I have two other friends that are coaches where they might be a better fit for you. So um, just, yeah. So just look for, look for health coaching with Eva Latcham and, and see if I'm a good fit for you. This has been a pleasure, my friend. I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule. Uh, I know how dedicated you are to your family. Uh, to your clients, uh, which is uh, which is a blessing. So you're doing some great things. Uh, one last thought from you. What um, what would you like to say as we uh, wrap up here? I'd say keep moving forward. Even if you think you're stuck right now, or you're about to be stuck in a week when you give up your New, New Year's resolution, keep moving forward. Uh, we sometimes just get the fight. And, you know, or freeze mentality, and we just freeze. I say, just keep moving forward and be gentle with yourself. You, you've got this. You've got this. Just believe in yourself and keep moving forward. Thank you so much for being on the show, Eva. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. If you are in the need or are looking for more motivation in your life, feel free to check out my website, benjaminlee.blog, where you can find hundreds of encouraging motivational blog posts on a variety of subjects. You can find all of my books, which can also be found on amazon.com and other podcast interviews with a variety of people. I hope this helps. Please leave me a rating and a review. I can do and... So can you. Take care and God bless.